And if you guys want to read that chapters one through eight later, I'll kind of give you a, an overview of that. Aaron's sons at the entrance of the tabernacle. They were always at the entrance of the tabernacle, always sacrificing time and energy as they were, um, as the people, the Israelites were sacrificing, right? The God, God gave uh, Moses commandment to sacrifice. And there were the burnt offerings, the grain offerings, the peace, the sin offerings, the guilt offerings. And so if you think about it, there were millions of people of Israelites there. Can you imagine how many sacrifices they did for them? Uh, so they knew God at a different level of relationship because they were in the tabernacle. They weren't like the, what comes to mind, maybe not the right word, common folk. <laughs> um, so um, the Lord sees that. He sees all of us doing that day in and day out. And so, but the Lord wants more. And we know what this is. Uh, can we turn to Leviticus 8 and then verses 4 to 10? And it says, He shall put his hand upon the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. And the Lord called unto Moses and spake unto, lost me. Which one's that? Five? No, Leviticus 8. Yeah, Leviticus 8, 4 through 10. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him, and, he and the assembly was gathered unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Moses said unto the congregation, This is the thing which the Lord commanded to be done. And Moses brought Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. So we're going to see consecration. We're going to see consecration happen. And he put upon him the coat and girded him with the girdle and clothed him with the robe and put the ephod upon him. And he girded him with the curious girdle of the ephod and bounded it unto him therewith. And he put the breastplate upon him and he put in the breastplate the Urim and the Thummim. thummim. And he put the uh, miter, his, his head, also upon the mitre, even upon his forefront, did he put the golden plate, the holy crown, as the Lord commanded Moses. And Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was therein and sanctified them. So they were consecrating themselves. For seven days, they consecrated themselves. But why consecrate? What more after that is there with, with the Lord? 
brother, I think it was brother Andre, is that his name? Brother Andre was talking about a curtain, that he could see a curtain and he wanted to see what the Lord was doing back there. I almost thought of, of a chef. What, what are you cooking back there? Probably some fried chicken or something. So the Lord's doing something behind the curtain. And as he was saying that, I've been, I've been uh, kind of dealing with that as well. I want to know what more is behind this consecration. I've been, this month, I've been fasting, praying, um, you know, putting things aside, my phone, uh, whatever conversations it is. I've been putting all that aside this whole month. So what more is there? Uh, Leviticus 9, 6. And Moses said, this is the thing which the Lord commanded that ye should do. And the glory of the Lord shall appear unto you. So I'm consecrated. I'm fasting. I'm praying. I'm doing all these things the way the Lord commands it. And I want to step into the secret place that he's in. And the glory of the Lord shall appear unto you. I want the glory of the Lord to appear unto me. I want to be able to walk down the street and, and people see that glory. There's something about you, right? I know when I see, look at all of you and I have conversations with you guys, I clearly know that there's something there about you, especially you. <laughs> <laughs> so the glory of God can appear unto you. Leviticus 9.24. And there came a fire out from before the Lord and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat, which when all the people saw, they shouted, it fell on their faces. Can you go back to Solomon? What was it? Solomon 6 9? I think it was 6 3. I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. I want to get into that secret place where I am his and he is mine, where I know for certain that whatever I walk into, whatever situation I, I go into, that he's there. I, I want to go in without a doubt, knowing that he is mine, that he is my provider, he is my fortress, he is my stronghold, not my stronghold, strong tower. I want to know that I have a sword in my hand. When I was driving, as I'm talking about the sword, I was driving back from Spokane. And I was trying not to weep, but tears are just coming down. And 
And I was thinking of all of you and I had I had been in um, Spokane Church and he was talking about how the old gen- the older generation needs to let the new generation do the things that they know how to do. And you know, we don't need a sword in our hand always. Most of you guys, I actually all of you guys are very loving. If you could use that love in your hand and just swing and know that the Lord is yours and he is with you. When I was in Spokane during the church service, uh, I saw my sister. She was, it was after service, or it was altar call. And I went up, prayed, came back to my seat, and she was about two rows ahead of me. And she started to, to worship the Lord. So she started waving her hands. She started singing with joy. And I was, I wasn't trying to be a weirdo. I was just staring at her. And in allness of how she was worshiping the Lord. She went from waving to singing to weeping. And as the Lord led her, I believe that the glory of God appeared unto her. Because she started to move side to side uncontrollably. She started to bow and she started to do this praise and worship that I've seen before, but I've never understood it until now that she was, she's, she's consecrated, right? Like the rest of us, but she actually has stepped in, in behind that curtain. She stepped in and she began to worship. And I've seen that worship before, but she can begin to worship like I want to worship. Leviticus 10, 1. So we'll read uh, 10, 1 and 2. And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord which he commanded them not. And there went out a fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. They stepped out. They were consecrated, but they decided to do something that they knew that the Lord did not command. Uh, Leviticus 10.9. Oh, sorry, 10.6. And Moses said unto Aaron, and unto Eleazar, and unto Ithamar, his sons, Uncover not your heads, neither rend your clothes, lest ye die, and lest wrath come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, 
be well the burning which the Lord hath kindled. He's showing us what to do. He's saying, abide in me always, and you'll be safe. I am their beloved, and they are mine, or we are his. Leviticus means... I don't even know if I want to try to say the word. Vayikra. And he, it means, and he called out. The Lord is calling us out of our daily sacrifices to consecrate and to step into his marvelous, marvelous light. He wants more of us. He wants to show us what's behind that curtain if we would allow him to step in. I'm going to hand it over to Brother. Amen. Can we worship the Lord? Lord, we thank you, Father, this evening. Open our ears to hear, our spirit to receive what you will for us, Father. We know you're in this place. You're speaking to us, Father. I pray you give us understanding. Give us direction, Father. You have a vision for the church. We are your church. Uh, you have direction for every soul and every member of this body. And we call out to you this evening that you would open our hearts to receive of the word. You're calling us to consecration. You're calling us to be separate. You're calling us unto yourself, a church spotless and blameless before you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Father, we worship you and we trust you. You're calling out to us, Lord. You're calling out to us in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. So many things happening. Um, there's no greater time to be a part of the church than now. There's no greater time to be a part of the church than now. I, I want you to hear those words and receive them. No greater time to be a part of the church than now. Man, he's calling us unto consecration. He's calling us to be a part because there's so many people that need to be reached. Amen. And sometimes he's been dealing with me. Sometimes we get focused on the vessel. You know, well, I've done this and I, I can't be up here. You know, I've, I've dealt with this and people know and I, I can't, you know, be up there. And they're not going to receive the words. Um. Uh, I'm I'm running this project in Pullman, and it's a it's a very expensive project. Somewhere around the ballpark of like four million dollars um, for the schooling. Um, and I was we had these Tuesday meetings that we had to report. Um, I was involuntarily chosen to be in charge, <laughs> and. Um, I was sitting in the meeting. They they texted me, hey, you're late for the meeting. And I drove down because you have to drive down to the other side. So I drove down and got in the, you know, got into the it's a little shack, little conics. And um, I kind of snuck in through the back. There's a back door. I kind of snuck in and I sat down, you know, and there's a lot of people in there that have a lot of voice. You know, they they're they own a lot of projects, you know, and these people are uh they spend a lot of money on buildings like this because they're funding for schooling. And so they're, you know, and, and here I am sitting in the back of the room, like I'm so out of place because 
who am I, you know, like it's, it's a really big project. It's, it's, like I said, it's really expensive and I, and I have to go in there and give a report of how we're doing, how things are, you know, progress. And so, you know, there's all these guys sitting around this table and I'm in the back, you know, and you know, I got my hard hat on, you know, you can only imagine I'm just out of place and they're going around the table and they're asking people, um, okay, you give your report, you know, and so people are giving the reports and, um, they're all like, okay, well, electrical, it's time to give your report. And I'm just kind of like, you know, sliding down in my chair, hoping not to be noticed. And um, I give my honest opinion because they asked me to and they didn't like it. And all of a sudden they had a computer and people were zooming in via web. And uh, one of the main CEOs, he didn't like my response. And uh, I felt really, really embarrassed at the time. And so I, I gave my honest answer to the best that I, that I could and didn't like it. And I, I left and, um, all day it was eating at me and I'm like, man, I, I should have told them what they wanted to hear. I get, I, yeah, I gave my honest opinion. We're two weeks behind and, you know, it's going to take us another four weeks to catch up. And, uh, they're like, well, that's unacceptable. We have a two month deadline on this building and you guys are already a month behind. So, um, the Lord chooses unperfect vessels to go and speak the word. Do you know that when he came and spoke to David, he was but a boy? So who are we to judge the vessel that the Lord uses? And that's how I felt at that moment. Yeah, I was out of place. I didn't feel like I needed to be there. But if I'm a vessel of the Lord, he puts me in situations where I'm going to speak. And whether they like it or not, it's going to be said. And I gave my honest opinion. And I, like I said, I was dealing with that all day. And lo and behold, the next morning they come up to me and, and they tell me, I appreciate your honesty. Uh, that's what we wanted to hear. Um, all the other subs came to us and told us that they were two weeks behind, but you're the only one that told us where you were at. Everyone else lied to us. You're the only honest one in the room. And they came and they apologized to me. And I, you know, here was I in the back room, poor little me, you know, I'm, I'm over here embarrassed, but I'm the only one that gave the right answer, what they really wanted to hear. And so who are we to choose the vessel? You know, he chooses the vessel. I mean, we just got to be willing to speak. I know it's something simple and we just got to be willing to speak when he puts us in situations uh, with sincerity. And so there's no greater part there's no greater time to be a part of the church than uh, and now. But we're going to jump into the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 12. There's something that's been um, stirring in my spirits on Sunday. What a what a word on Sunday. I, I'm still digesting the word. It was it quickened some things to my to my spirit. Um, and I, I hope you go back and you re-listen and you um, sometimes it's easier to catch more stuff when you re-listen. You know, I, I know like find myself a lot of times going back and re-listening. And even though I was here, I catch something that I didn't hear when I was here. So I, I encourage you to go back and re-listen, re-watch uh, Hebrews 12 and 14. And we'll just, start, we'll just start there. And it's something the Lord's been dealing with me about since Sunday. Um, and it reads, uh, follow peace with all men. And holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. 
looking diligently lest any man fail on the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up, trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. And um, something that I felt the Lord, you know, the Lord was doing awesome things on Sunday, but something that I felt he was dealing with me was unforgiveness, you know, and uh, unforgiveness is, is, um, it blocks our prayers and our communion with God, right? When we have unforgiveness towards one another. Um, and so it's, he, he illuminated that to me when we were in service, you know, I was, I was asking, Lord, I want to be a part of the body. I want to, I want to be used. And, and so, and he said, well, there's still some unforgiveness in your heart that, you know, you need to deal with that. I need to deal with that. You need to allow me to deal with. And I'm like, well, you know, I, you know, I love my brother. I love my sisters. I, I, there's nothing there. So I, I found myself, Lord, search within me what I need to deal with, what I need to take care of. And so, um, Unforgiveness is, <laughs> for me, it's a very, um, very real, real, real subject that I, I've, I've dealt with throughout the years. You know, it's, it's become a, a, unforgiveness is a daily walk. You know, people do things all the time and they're going to offend you and offenses are going to come. You know, once you receive the Holy Ghost and you're baptized, doesn't mean that everything stops. On the contrary, sometimes I feel like it happens more often than not. And so offenses will come. Unforgiveness is going to happen. But the Lord has given us victory through the word on how to deal with those things. Um, and so the root of bitterness, have you have any of you ever been around people that's always just mad and they're always just, man, they hate the world. You know, like a couple of my coworkers, they're always like that. They show up, they, they're never happy. They're never satisfied. They're always, you know, upset at somebody and they're constantly putting them down. They're just, they can't forgive. And if I'm not careful, sometimes I start feeling that way. I'm, their unforgiveness becomes my unforgiveness. And all of a sudden I'm upset and I'm mad at them for no reason. And I'm, because I'm fellowshipping them, then their spirit, you know, I take part of their spirit and now I'm upset. And I don't even understand sometimes why I'm going home and I'm just mad. You know, but then I have to evaluate, you know, hey, okay, where, where have I been? Who have I been talking to? What have I been listening to? Right? Voices. We talked about that. What have I been listening to? And so it's, uh, it's a subject that we need to allow the Lord to have him deal with us. And, uh, you know, it's, it's through the love of God only that we can uh, deal with unforgiveness. And, um, you know, growing up, I... I loved and respected my, my father. And so growing up, I, I never really had a relationship with him, but um, it, I realized it hindered me going forward in the Lord when I, every time I would pray, you know, my prayers seemed like they would hit a wall, you know, and they seemed like they wouldn't progress how I wanted to, you know, Lord, Lord I'm, I'm reading the word and I'm praying and I'm seeking you, but I'm, I'm reaching this peak. And I remember uh, about three, four years ago in men's conference, they were talking about unforgiveness, unrepented sins, you know, and uh, that's unforgiveness is really the only one I could remember. And um, he, he made an altar call um, 
the man that was preaching. And so I, I said, okay, Lord, well, if you're asking me to deal with unforgiveness and I'm going to walk up there, but, and I, so I challenged the Lord, if you're going to take the unforgiveness and the bitterness that I have towards my father, it's going to be today. And I purposed in my heart that today was the day that he was going to deliver me of that. And so I go up to the altar and I'm, you know, I'm there giving it to God and I'm worshiping him. And I'm saying, Lord, this is, you know, I'm, I'm tired of carrying on forgiveness. It's, it's hindering my walk. It's hindering my prayers. It's not allowing me to go into the next step in you. So I'm there and I'm praying and, you know, it's all this stuff's happening and it's amazing and it's good. And, and then we just go on and, you know, I expected the Lord to speak to me. Okay, it's done. You know, you're, you're forgiven. You know, you don't have no more unforgiveness, you know, you're, and so it, it didn't happen that way. Um, we're set to go home the next day. And, um, I remember we stopped at Chick-fil-A in the morning for breakfast. <laughs> um, and I remember as I was standing there, uh, I remember I was with brother Caleb and Lewis. And I remember as I was standing there, uh, my phone rings and I'm, I'm like, man, what, you know, it's, it's seven o'clock in the morning. Who, who the heck, you know, everyone that I know I'm with, you know, I'm everyone. Yeah. All my contacts, they're all here, you know? So I'm like, who could be, you know, calling me. And, um, I looked at the caller ID and it was my dad. And so I, it brought what I had asked the Lord, if you're going to deliver me, show me, you know, give me a sign. And so my dad was calling me and it was really early in the morning and I'm pick up my phone and I'm like, Oh man, you know, and I'm kind of feeling, you know, I have this thing against my dad. If it's pride and I had some pride that not, I'm like, I'm not going to answer him. He just, you know, I, there's just certain things about him that I don't want to, you know, partake in and just the conversation. So I, I take the call and he, and he calls me and he's, and you know, if most of you don't, don't know him, but um, he doesn't just call to call, you know, and um, I think throughout, like brother Andre said throughout the last couple of years, I mean, I maybe talked to him, <laughs> my wife can testify a handful of times, maybe two, three times, you know, usually my mom, they call so and like he said brother andre if he calls and i answer so yeah i i picked up the phone and i'm like hey hey dan how's it how's it going you know it caught me off guard and um he just called he's like i i'm just calling to see how you're doing you know how how things are going and for him to call and say that it's really out of the ordinary and so at that time i i, I remember what i felt in my spirit you know I, I remember picking up the phone and answering and there was nothing there Right. Because every time that he would call and I would talk with him or every time that I would see him, there would be such a anger I had towards him. Right. I couldn't forgive him. You know, I, I, I knew some stuff that he did when I was growing up. And, um, you know, like I said, I run away. I ran away from home when I was young, so I didn't get to deal with all that other stuff as a teenager. But I, growing up, I remember the stuff he did. And so every time I would pick up the phone, I would be so upset. And I would be furious because I'm like, you're really calling me. I know who you are. I can see past you, you know. And so I picked up the phone, didn't feel nothing. And I and I remember the Lord saying, this is what you asked for. And ever since that day, I can stand here honestly and say, I don't have nothing against him. I don't have no bitterness. I've given it to God. He's, he's delivered me of that. But bitterness will take us to a place 
that we don't want to be in. It hinders our prayers. It hinders us hearing the voice of God. And it's a very ugly place to be in. And as the church and as the body of Christ, he wants to deliver us from unforgiveness towards one another. And so I, I every now that I see him, I, I can honestly stand there and talk with him and everything's okay. You know, and I know I can, I can go before the Lord and pray and feel nothing, you know, and it's not something that I have to beg him to do. You know, I, I had to come before him sincerely and ask the Lord to help me forgive. It's hard. It's hard to do. Forgiveness is hard, right? Unforgiveness is, is something that we, uh, we can't carry around. Amen. Um, we're going to go to the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 6. Chapter 6 and verse 14. And for if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses so the seed of unforgiveness is you know bitterness anger you know i fortunately have a family member that's always he can he can never forgive man he, someone does something and cuts him off at a red line and he forever holds a, a grudge you know someone he man the, the other day he just a car you know barely even you know the light turned green and he was already honking you know he was already mad and all day he talked about that He's like, I can't believe that guy, you know, I'm like, it was two seconds, you know? And so they're just unforgiving. Man, there's just some people that can't forgive, but we need the help of and grace of the Lord to help us forgive, right? Especially in the body of Christ, right? I, God forbid I would come to my brother and my sister and just, you know, have something against them when they stand and they worship. Well, I know what they did. You know, I know who they are. God forbid, that we would hold that against our brother, our sister. And it's where we're going as the body of Christ. We can't hold those things in our heart, right? Like I said, there's no greater time to be used than now. And if we hold those things in our heart, we can't be used. We can't be fully functional church in the earth. If we're holding those things, right? The Lord expects us to deal with those issues to, through his grace and his mercy, that he can help us deal with those issues and be effective because we can't be effective if we don't deal with those things. And so for, for me, unforgiveness is a big thing. You know, I, I like Brother Andre said, I, I come from a very, uh, um, very prideful household. And so it's, it's taken years of the Lord to come in and break the ground and deliver me of some things and, you know, take them some things out because I just, you know, I, I, I held a lot of that, a lot of bitterness and anger, and I'm sure some of you guys can relate, but it is through the love of God, through the mercies of God that he can deliver and set free. And this, this last Sunday when, when the word was being delivered, I, I felt him, you know, still dealing and tugging at me with, you know, there's some things in your heart that I got to deal with. There's some unforgiveness in your heart that I got to take care of. 
you know, and I, and I want to be going in that next dimension in the Lord. And if I hold those things, it's something so simple, right? If I hold those things in my heart, then I can't move forward in God. And I can't have, I can't, I can't let him use me effectively. You know, um, we're going to jump into um, Matthew 18. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 21. It says, Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I, and I forgive him till seven times. Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. So there's, like I said, um, a lot of people are going to do things and, you know, um, it's not a one-time deal where you forgive them. It's going to be a constant walking in forgiveness. Forgiveness is constant. And it's uh, sometimes it's multiple times a day, <laughs> you know, more than, more than I would care to talk about. But sometimes it's all the time, every day, every hour. You know, I, I, work, with the, I work with a lot of men. <laughs> and so they're always, you know, at all with each other, you know, man, it's, uh, it's like having multiple brothers, man, there's like 80 guys on this job site and each of them are emotional, angry, you know? And so they're, man, they're sometimes they're worse than they're emotional <laughs> and, you know, they just deal with a lot of things and, you know, it's a, it's a lot of the pride that they carry, you know, when they, it's, I think it's harder for a man to forgive, right? It's, at least for me, I, I'll speak for myself. It's, it's harder for me to forgive. And I think it was just my upbringing. But as the Lord dealt with me, he's taught me to forgive, right? If I want someone to forgive me, I want to forgive with kindness. I want to be okay. Mercy. I want to show mercy, right? Same way I want someone to show mercy unto me, I want to show mercy. And that's not, that's not always easy. You know, and sometimes it's getting past that pride. Um, I remember one time I had to, I did something and I had to, I had to come to my boss and I had to, I had to apologize. And it's out of the ordinary for him, for them, you know, they don't, for him, he doesn't really understand. And I, some things happened and I had to come and um, I had to apologize, swallow my pride and apologize. And he said, you know what? You're the only one that came and apologized to me after everything that's, that was said and done. And he's, he just told me, I, thank you for that. But it wasn't, it wasn't for him. It was for me. <laughs> you know, it was for me. And I know I needed to deal with that. You know, um, I couldn't carry that around. And I, I know, you know, before, before I go to bed, I, I try to have the Lord examine my heart. I don't want to hold any grudges against anybody. Um, you know, I, I, I want to be used and I want nothing hindering my walk. I don't want nothing hindering what the Lord is doing. And if I deal with unforgiveness, the Lord can flow through me. He can use me to minister to somebody. Amen. Otherwise, if I walk in bitterness all the time and angry all the time, the Lord's not going to use us. Right? We have to allow the grace and the mercy of God to cleanse us, to wash us out of anger, bitterness. And that's the spirit of the world. I can, I can tell you that that's the spirit of the world because God is love. Right. God is love. 
And if we say we walk in Christ, we must walk in love. Man, and it's a constant daily thing. It's not one day you're going to get in the next day. You're just going to have it all figured out. It's constant. And so forgiveness, is, it's, it's a big thing. And I, and I go back to that story with my, with my dad and I can honestly have a conversation with them now. And, you know, I, when I go and visit, I, I don't feel nothing against him. You know, I, there is true forgiveness. The Lord gives true forgiveness. He really delivers. And man, those thoughts are still there. I still remember, but I have nothing against him. He truly delivers. And if he, we want to be used, like I said, we need to give that up to God. We need to yield ourselves that the Lord will cleanse us. Amen. So God is love. And so if we say we have him and we don't have love, we're, we're liars. And um, it's... He's so good and merciful. I was, I was striving uh, from Pullman today, and I was, I was just praying. I'm like, Lord, I help me to receive your love and your mercy, because sometimes it's hard to, to receive the mercies, even though you know him. It's, it's hard sometimes to receive his mercies. We're human. I'm human. And sometimes I know the things that I've done. I know the things that I've dealt with, and, I, and I'm, I'm struggling to try to allow him to love me. And I, and I found myself praying, Lord, let me walk in true love and mercy. And he was just, he was just dealing with me the whole time. And there's, I'm going to give myself away, but there's times where I, where I drive and I, no words are said. I just thinking about his love and his mercy and, and I'm, I'm just weeping. And I think of the goodness of God, the mercies of God, the un the forgiveness that he shared to me. How can I hold that against my brother and my sister? When he went to the cross and he died for me to show me love and mercy. And then when he was dying, he said, Lord, for, or, for Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. And then he already had forgiven. He had already forgiven. And why is it so hard for us to forgive? He's given us grace to show and extend and how sometimes we're so stubborn. We're so stubborn. Sometimes I, I know I'm stubborn and my wife always tells me, you got to love, you got to show love. You, you got to, I'm like, man, I, I hear it sometimes in the back of my mind, just, you know, <laughs> and it's a good thing because, you know, she, she meets me halfway. She knows where, where I, where I lack. And so it, she always tells me, if you want people to show mercy to you, you got to show mercy to them. And so it's, it's the mercies of God and the love of God that will take us into the next dimension, to the next step. I mean, we can't go where we're not willing to go. I mean, there's going to be a sacrifice that uh, takes place. And there's going to be some cleaning out. And uh, unforgiveness is a big thing. I mean, unforgiveness hinders our prayers, hinders our walk. And uh, it's something that we must continually ask the Lord to deal with us about and help us to forgive because it is, it's only because he allows us and he helps us because I can't forgive on my own. I know if I, if he didn't hadn't come into my life and he hadn't given me mercy, I couldn't do it on my own, but it is because of his grace and his mercy that I'm able to forgive. 
and I know I'm human and I know if he hadn't helped me out, I would still hold the grudge against so-and-so and, um, but now I can look at him and not feel any anger, any bitterness and nothing because he's truly delivered us. And I'm telling you that the Lord is wanting to take us into the next step, but we got to be willing to let go on forgiveness, let the Lord cleanse us of some things. And we've been talking about consecration and just there's certain things that the Lord has been talking about the voice of God. We got to be willing to hear what he's saying. And like I said, there's no greater time to be a part of the church than now. And we must be willing to give some things up so we can move forward in him. I want to grow, you know, um, it's a daily process and I'm, and I'm thankful. Um, he's so good and merciful. We can, we can stand and, and worship him and give him praise. Uh, Lord, we worship you. We thank you, Father, for being a God of mercy, for being a God that forgives, Father, for showing us mercy. We thank you, Father. Help us to deal with unforgiveness, Father. Teach us, Father, your way. You are love. You're a God of love. Help us, Father. Teach us to walk in love and mercy. In the name of Jesus, we seek you. We seek your faith, Father. I pray against any bitterness and any anger that's in my heart, Father, that you would cleanse it out, uh, that you would help me to deal with unforgiveness, that you would teach me according to your word, uh, that you would teach us, Father, to forgive as you've forgiven us, to love as you love us. You are love. You are God of mercy. And we trust in you, Father. We thank you. We receive forgiveness. We receive forgiveness in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the grace, Father, that you bestowed on us. We thank you for the mercies that never fail. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. You're so good to us. You're so good to us. I pray that the next coming days, I, I encourage you to have an attitude of forgiveness. Amen. It might not come right away, but I, I challenge you as the days go on. I'm sure, you know, there's someone that's going to say something and, you know, you're going to unfortunately be offended and I, I pray that you hear the word and that you would walk with an attitude of forgiveness you know and it's a it's a daily process and uh through his grace and his mercy he can he can help us he can help us because like i said we can't do it on our own amen it has to be through the love of christ amen and putting on his nature and reading the word and going back to the word um, but I, I challenge you, put on an attitude of forgiveness. I know it's easier said than done, but I encourage you to try it, to practice it. And uh, I've been making it a, a point in my life to walk in that. You know, I, I hear it, but I don't, I don't receive it. I just, Lord, I give them to you. I, I forgive them. And so whatever, whatever they said, I'm not going to let it affect me, but uh, I encourage you. Amen. Um, Greet one another and you're all dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen.